For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, Ben B? <laughs> ben B. Did you ever tell that story on here? I by the did, way? but for those who are not avid listeners of Millennial Sports Talk, which by the way, this is episode 29, and I'm Michelle Margot, and this is Ben Verlander. His last name does not start with the letter B, but I will correct. tell you that every single time he emails me, for some reason, his setting on his email comes through as Ben B. No last name, but the last initial is B. So I, I still haven't figured that out i know i haven't figured it out i went into my settings i changed i saw where i made that mistake um and i fixed it but it still comes through as ben b and so so now 90 percent of my emails are titled ben verlander just because my name comes through as ben b it could just be a little sketchy that your emails come in as incognito for me ben verlander never emails me it's always ben b Look, I'm, I'm not proud of it. I don't know how we got here. I wish it would change. I've emailed some, like, you know, I send some important emails that go through as Ben B. I, I'm not proud of this. And now I'm being ridiculed. Ridiculed. Can I just tell you that today has been a really good day? And can I tell you why? You sure can. Thank you for the permission. So I run a three-mile loop every day. <laughs> Small flex. Oh and... I see the same gentleman every single time that I run it. Sometimes I run it twice a day, another small flex. Jesus. But I see the same guy, and he looks identical to the Minnesota Twins manager, Rocco Baldelli. I mean, literally looks just like him, except he never wears shoes. Very Mm. weird. It's a little loop, a little trail around a golf course. And he doesn't wear shoes. I know. Is he just... Is he barefoot? Is yes, he- he's barefoot. And he's built just like Rocco Baldelli. Like he that looks- guy has the toughest feet on the planet. I know. And it's so hot here too. So I really don't know how he does it. But I see him every day, okay? So the point is that I see him every day. And I'm just describing so you can have like an image of what he might look like. So I see Rocco 2.0 every day. And I'm kind of like, hey, but he doesn't know who I am. And I'm just like, okay, he doesn't recognize that mm-hmm. I see him every day. That's fine because maybe I don't stand out like the way he does because I'm wearing shoes and I fit in with the rest of the population on the trail. So for the last couple of days, I've been going and I haven't seen him. And I started to get a little concerned. Like, yeah. is he alive? Is he okay? I don't know. I'm, I feel this loyalty, like obligation to make sure he's okay, but I don't yeah. know him. And then this morning I saw him again. And I was like, oh my God, Rocco 2.0, you're alive. Like, where have you been? I know that it's not because you haven't been running because I'm out on that trail at least twice a day, which is like a solid, you know, there's only certain right. hours that people go because it's so hot. Right. 
And he didn't acknowledge my presence at all, which is usual. I mean, I smiled and was just like, oh my God, good to, <laughs> good to see you, Rocco 2.0. And I just figured like, yeah, there's a lot of petite brunettes running that trail, but yeah. like not all of them are good Samaritans. And why doesn't he notice me? Because I really care about his safety. But either so, way, it was a good day to know that he was fine. After hearing the story, I'm not so sure. Like you say it was a good day, but you also sound like upset that he doesn't understand who you are. Um, so I'm not upset. I guess I just don't feel like the love is reciprocated. That's fair. Like if I went missing, is he ever going to notice? That's fair. That's fair. I feel, I feel really good that he's still around. I'm, I'm happy for you. I myself have been frustrated today, I think would be a good term because I'm not sure if you saw what happened in the Padres game last night, Padres and Rangers. Mm. Um, but the game was, was 10 to 3. Okay. Fernando Tatis comes up with the bases loaded and a 3 0 count. He swings and hits a grand slam. Awesome. You know what happened? The other team's manager was pissed after the game, like went off on him saying he shouldn't be swinging in a 3 0 count. Um, and I woke up this morning and it was all over social media, all over Twitter. Um, and I, I ended up tweeting out something. I, I, I do not understand, Michelle. I, I do not. This isn't Little League. And this, this manager of the Rangers is frustrated because this 21-year-old stud athlete is doing his job to the best of his ability. And his ego got hurt because they were losing a game by a lot. It was like, poor sportsmanship. It's what he is his recollection of what happened correct that's what he's claiming that it was poor yes, sportsmanship that he shouldn't have done it the old unwritten rule in baseball when like game, like in in basketball you hold the ball to run out the clock that kind of thing correct okay correct um i mean i can tell you disagree i certainly disagree yeah i just i it, it's mind-boggling to me one it was a 10 to 3 game how many times have you seen people come back in late innings 10 to 3 are the odds in their favor no, but does it How happen? many outs were there? In the eighth? Oh, it was the eighth. It wasn't even the ninth inning. Yeah, that's questionable. I mean. Or it was the, it was the seventh inning. I, it wasn't. I, I, multiple, multiple times a year, you see teams come back from seven runs in a game. It's, it's mind-blowing to me. Tatis ended up apologizing, saying he, need, you know, he got talked to by his manager, mm. um, who – you know, his manager was frustrated that he, he missed a sign and ended up swinging. But he apologized and said it might not have been the right time to swing. Screw that. You're I don't think he missed his sign. I think he purposely saw a strike and was like, I'm going to hit this baby oh, yeah. out. <laughs> Look, and this is my point. This is my point. Baseball is a business when you get to the professional level. It is a business. You are paid. You put food on the table for your family by your batting average, the number of home runs you hit, and the number of runs you bring in. He did all of that and won at bat and really helped his stats. And at the end of the year, people aren't going to look back and say, okay, Tatis had this many home runs. He took this many pitches on 3-0. and Ooh, good, good, good. You don't – that's not how it happens. Right. This is his livelihood. Why – like, uh, it's mind-blowing to me. It's mind-blowing. <laughs> well, on that note, we'll, we'll switch to something positive. Our GOAT moment of the week – um, I chose a lot. Of, you always choose really good feel-good ones, which I cannot compete with. So, because <laughs> I don't like to feel good. No, I um, I chose Nationals pitcher Steven Strasburg 
uh, he was sitting in the fan section, section 121 at City Field, um, in a game that he wasn't pitching and he was arguing balls and strikes with the umpire. And he got ejected for saying you're flipping brutal. So I thought you are epic for getting tossed out of a game when you are Steven Strasburg in the stands arguing balls and strikes. I, the, best part, the best part of all this, the, the situation is hysterical. The best part of all of it is he gets ejected and he can't go in through the dugout because of all the COVID regulations. <laughs> he has to walk up to the concourse of the stadium wearing his shorts and T-shirt and he has to go into the clubhouse from from up on the concourse. I just so I thought funny. I thought the whole situation was honestly hysterical and hilarious. My uh, my brother has been thrown out of the game from the dugout, so it really? wasn't quite like in the stands. But yeah, I always think it's funny when a pitcher is chirping from the dugout. Or I love it. That's in this instance the stands. That's teamwork. That's having out. your boys back. <laughs> It's there's always code words though. You know the code words you can and can't say. For example, and it's just these are another one. We were just talking unwritten rules. You know what you can and can't say. If I'm frustrated at the plate at an umpire, I can say that's effing terrible. But I cannot say f you. Oh, you're effing terrible. It's those you statements. It's the us. And uh, yeah, that's an automatic ticket back to the clubhouse, which sometimes you want. You know, he probably was like, I, I'm over being out here. I just want to go sit in the locker room. He's also starting against the Orioles the following start. So, like, I don't think he's too worried. <laughs> no offense. Well, we have not at all told any of you guys who our guest is this week yet. Mm-hmm. And I believe now is the time to unleash this lovely <laughs> addition to the Millennial Sports Talk podcast, Ep29. We have mixed martial artist Ryan Bader coming on in just a few seconds here. He is the Bellator MMA double champ defending his light heavyweight world title against Team Fedor's Vadim Nemkov this Friday, August 21st on Paramount Network and DAZN at 10 p.m. Eastern. Nemkov is a protege of Fedor Emelianenko, who Bader defeated to win the heavyweight world title. And he comes into this fight on a six-fight winning streak with his last three wins, all coming against former world champions. So the preliminary fights begin at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Bellator YouTube channel. And without further ado, let's welcome in Ryan Bader. What's up, Ryan? How you doing, man? Thanks for joining us. Yeah, I'm just in the hotel um, out in Connecticut, finally here. You know, fights been canceled, you know, in May. And so I'm just glad we're finally doing it. Yeah. So this weekend is a huge fight for you. Um, title fight to retain the belt. You've been in a lot of professional fights. Where does this weekend rank in terms of uh, excitement? Um, you, know, you know, all of that. Where does this weekend, weekend's fight rank for you? Uh, yeah, to be honest, just like every other one. Um, you know, people, people ask that and they, you don't realize, yeah, it's a title fight and all that and defending my belt. Um, any fight you have is huge because you're either taking one step closer to where you want to be, you know, say it's just a regular fight and you want to fight for the title eventually, or, you know, you're coming off a loss. You don't want two in a row. So every fight is huge for a fighter. Um, and you go through the same emotions. Um, for me, it's almost like there's less stress. You know, I have yeah. belts in both divisions. 
there's no fans, there's no hoopla going around, you know, in, in the arena, it's almost like you're going out there for a hard Friday spar, you know, and, and that's where I kind of, I feel like I'm my best when I'm relaxed and collected. Yeah. What would you say is the biggest common misconception about Bellator or MMA? Um, just MMA in general. Which, which everyone you want to answer. Yeah, that, that were, uh, you know, I think it's getting better. Um, but a lot of times you, you had the stigma, you know, especially 10 years ago that we're all just like brawlers from the bar stool and all that. <laughs> you know. um, well, that couldn't be further from the truth. You're getting world-class athletes in here, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm college educated. I wrestled at ASU, um, you know, it, it's, and you're getting a lot of those athletes in here. So, um, and another misconception that we like to go out there and hurt people. And that couldn't be further than true from the truth either. You know, I, I love to compete. I've competed my whole life in wrestling and football. And when I was done wrestling in college, I was missing something. And I need, I, I, you know, wrestling, you have to go for the Olympics after, you know, um, after college. But I was done with that. So I, I thought, you know what, I'm going to give this a shot. I, you know, I can use my wrestling. I want to compete. And so that's probably the biggest one. Yeah. So you said you were on a, uh, you were on the show, the ultimate fighter, um, yep. and you ended up winning it and that kind of launched your career into the UFC out of college. If that, if that show didn't happen for you, if you didn't get on that show, if you didn't win, if you didn't get your contract that way, did you have a plan like how you were going to break in or how you were going to go about it? Um, yeah, you know, it being on the show wasn't necessarily the best thing, you know, um, I, I believe I would have got gotten into the UFC regardless, you know, it's one of those things where we had to make a decision. Do we want to go the um, ultimate fighter route or do we want to, you know, get our fights in and, and do it the other way? Um, the other way usually has a better contract on your, you know, your first couple fights. And so that's what our th thinking was, um, but I had a friend that went on before the season before mm -hmm. we were both, you know, all Americans, division one, all Americans of wrestling. Um, and so he went on, had a great time, get put in a good word. Um, and then I went and interviewed basically and uh, got a spot there. And, and I wouldn't change it any other way. Um, you know, the only thing is you're in the ultimate fighter contract, you know, for a while. And uh, it wasn't until I fought Rampage Jackson, Jackson in Japan. They were like, hey, you want to fight Rampage? I was like, yeah, but we got to redo a contract here. You know? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I would have gotten there. It would just be been two separate ways. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned that you wrestled at ASU. Obviously, with COVID, you know, there's a, the spring sports got canceled and the fall sports, a lot of places are getting canceled. Um, go back to your college days. If you were in a situation like a global pandemic, how would you feel if your season essentially got canceled? If it got moved back this spring, I'd be kind of happy, actually. Because um, <laughs> uh, we, you know, we were the track team, the swim team, the everything, because they ran us into the ground in a good way. You know, <laughs> but, we, but we started in summer and we went all the way to end of March. You know, we never had a spring break. We never had a fall break, nothing like that. We were wrestling, grinding, making weight. You know, so um, that wouldn't be a bad thing if wrestling was in the spring. But if it got canceled, you know, that's why I went down to ASU on a scholarship, you know, to wrestle, to compete. Um, and so that would be that would be pretty devastating. And then looking back on, 
where it's gotten me into the MMA world, you know, it's not only a season of wrestling, but you could be talking about potentially a career, you know, in these football players, baseball players, you know, um, even more so. Right. Yeah. Right. You mentioned how, uh, you know, fighting right now with, with no fans is sort of similar to, to sparring basically. And, and it made me, I was, you know, I played baseball professionally for five years and when I was, you know, in spring training or on the backfields or taking live VP off a pitcher with nobody there, it's, it's a totally different feel. And, it, and you're right. It is almost like I can relax. I can do exactly what I've been practicing for. You don't get overhyped. Like mm-hmm. you're not too juiced up. So you saying that actually made like, do you feel like you're a better fighter? with with nobody there so you're so you're not too amped up does that make sense yeah 100 percent. and then you know even speaking about the ultimate fighter there was only production in our teams there too so there was only about 40 people if that in the um, warehouse when they they filmed that show when we fought also yeah. you know so i've been there before um yeah no definitely like the you know if you have twenty thousand fans in there in an arena there's definitely energy and you get a little nervous yeah. energy with that and, um, you know, they can kind of dictate the fight a little bit, you know, with their cheers yeah. or, or their booze or whatever it is, you know, um, it might, it might get you to do something that you normally wouldn't do yeah. or go a little spazzy or something when you need to be <laughs> collected, you know, so a hundred percent. So I like to look, think outside the box and do some rapid fire questions. Do you think you can handle it? <laughs> uh, probably not okay we'll <laughs> you'll be fine <laughs> all right i'll start easy um what is your biggest pet peeve um when people say they're going to do something and don't mm, i hate that too uh what has been the highlight of your career highlight of my career was winning the second belt um i had the light heavyweight belt and i won the um, heavyweight belt by defeating one of the greatest heavyweights of all time in a Grand Prix-style tournament and a legend that I looked up to when I was coming up in Fedor. So that was definitely a highlight. That's awesome. Uh, what has been the highlight of your non-career life? Uh, my family. Got three kids, um, eight, seven, and five, and, and a beautiful wife. And so we've been having fun with them. And uh, it's, it's very cool to see, you know, your children – you know, go from newborn to where they are right now. It's pretty, uh, pretty special. That's awesome. Homeschooling with Ryan Bader as a teacher. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> My patience is a little thin, but we get it done. Uh, what is your definition of success? My definition of success is being happy. You know, it's not monetary. It's not uh, achievements or awards. It's doing something that's fulfilling, um, you know, living a good life and making people around you happy and setting a good example. I, if I set a good example for my family, um, I'm doing something that I love. You know, um, I think the, the worst thing in life is being in a, a, a job you hate, you know, and suffering it, in it. And then you bring that home to your family and, you know, and then 40 years later, you know, you're done. So um, my whole thing is just, you know, you're successful if you live the life you want to live. That's exactly right. What is the last text you sent? My last text was. Why am from, I doing millennial sports talk with Michelle Margon? <laughs> I'll be PG on that one. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was to my wife, but it, my, my, uh, my youngest son lost another two. So I was just saying, uh, sweet. 
So tooth how much, fairy's coming. Yeah, how much does a tooth fairy give in your family? <laughs> so my kids usually, for whatever reason, have we usually do five bucks. And they uh, <laughs> oh, like a yeah. quarter. <laughs> yeah, it's inflation and everything. And the kids told us about that. So true. Uh, so anyway, so we've been on vacation and just so happens that we've had like twenties on us. And so, you know, if they have a, a special vacation. If they lose one on vacation, they get 20 bucks. <laughs> wow. You're going to find it, them in the corners. And so now when they get anything less, they're kind of spoiled. They're like, what the hell? You're going to find gonna... them in the corners when y'all go on vacation, just trying to rip a tooth out when you're at the dinner table or something. That's, I wonder what the future of tooth fairy looks like. Like the tooth fairy Venmoed me $10. Right. <laughs> um, what is your biggest fear? Um, my biggest fear kind of goes back to your other question about, you know, uh, um, being successful. My biggest fear, which I'm, I'm making it my, my mission not to, live up to is living a life that you're not fulfilled you're unhappy you know and so you know that that kind of is my biggest fear and luckily i've been able to do what i've wanted to do my pretty much my whole life right out of college i got a sales job and i was like i know what i don't want to do you know and, <laughs> and uh so i made it i was like you know what i'm gonna take my destiny in my own hands and i'm gonna try this out i'm gonna try this crazy mma thing out and bet on myself and see what happens and quit my job got a small sponsor you know and it ended up working out so um yeah that's my biggest fear and and uh i'm trying to definitely not live in that i feel like the majority of people don't achieve that actually yeah when so, you say yeah i think as you get older too in your 20s you're like hey i just want to i just want to make money or i just want to do this i don't care what kind of job i have and as you get older you start thinking about, okay, I want to be happy. You know, I haven't, I've always waiting for this next thing. Oh, it'll be better then, or I'll be, you know, I'll be good on Friday or this and that. And then you waste your whole life doing that. Yeah. yeah. So this is the last, but most important question I'm going to ask <laughs> you in this podcast. So Ben and I, we oftentimes disagree, but nothing more than the idea of, letting your dog lick your lips when you kiss them. Ben is on the side of thinking that's okay. I think it's disgusting. Where do you fall on that spectrum? Of, oh, is it okay? Oh, before he, and I wouldn't say just like, we're just going lips to lips. Like, like I'm fine with I, my dog, like licking my face. Like I try and avoid, like if he's licking my face, I'll like, you know, move my lips. I'm, no, you not, don't. Like, we're not you making go, you go all in. Yeah. Okay. okay. Let's hear his answer. Well, you know, I'm, I'm leaning more towards uh, the the no, but you know, I'm not a germ freak at all, at all. You know, if the dog licks me on the lips like unexpectedly, whatever. But I know. <laughs> I lick back. You know, it's I have, fine. <laughs> I have I have a German Shepherd and a uh, um, uh, Bernadoodle, Bernie's wow. Mountain Dog. <laughs> we have a Bernie's Mountain Dog, but it's not yeah. a doodle. A poodle. That's my wife's. Um, and I see what it does out in the backyard, you know, and, <laughs> and I'm not letting him get anywhere near me. But does he kiss your wife on the lips? No. Okay. No. Because you, that's, that's where the real problem lies is if you don't do it, but your partner allows it, then you're basically allowing it. Yeah. yeah. No, she sees him eat his own poop in the backyard. Too, <laughs> yeah. So see, that's, I'm not, whatever. I, everybody's going to hey, think ben. I'm crazy now. I'm not just letting, no. I'm not making out with yeah. the, 
I see people do it all the time. <laughs> I really do. It's gross. I know. I, <laughs> What's grosser yeah. is letting other people's dogs do it to you. And oh, you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's where you well, drop. That's where you draw the line. Yeah. Well, that's it, man. Th- thank you so much for coming on. Good luck this weekend, most importantly. Um, and that is it for Millennial Sports Talk this week. Be sure to check it out, download, and subscribe anywhere you listen to your podcast. And we will see you next week. Thanks. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.